Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast for a very special Friday edition of the show. What a weird podcast this was. Hang with us here because this is all happening in real time. Uh, let me set the stage for you. I'm Jason Master Donato from the Boston Herald. And here's what happened on Thursday when we went to record this podcast. I had Chad Jennings from The Athletic, uh, one of my great friends in baseball, has been covering baseball for a long time, uh, was the guest of honor for the show today to talk about the trade deadline. He covered the Yankees for seven years, and he's covered the Red Sox for probably about the same. So he's got a good feel of what's going on in this town. So we had a nice 20-minute conversation about 12 o'clock on Thursday. And at the very end of the conversation, which you'll hear in this show, Chad says, well, I hope we don't have to delete all of this later when crazy stuff happens. And then later on, the Red Sox lose the game uh, that they played against the Blue Jays. And Lauren Campbell, my co-host from Nesson, sit down to record the second half of the show. And we record that, and you'll, you can listen to that. And as we're finishing up, the Red Sox made a trade to acquire Kyle Schwarber from the Washington Nationals. So we could have edited this whole thing and just pieced it together, but I think it's more fun to just listen as kind of a capsule in time of what happened on Thursday, where we went from talking about the Red Sox, not knowing what they're going to do, talking about the Yankees, to recapping the Yankees, to eventually, in real time, reacting to the Kyle Schwarber trade. So I think it's kind of fun if you hang with it. There's a lot of good baseball talk here. Um, Stick around for the entire show. I think you'll enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. You can download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of the locked on rooms. Check it out. Without further ado, let's get into the interview with Chad Jennings. So we have a special guest today. Chad Jennings from The Athletic uh, is joining us on the podcast. And Chad and I have known each other a while, and we'd love to talk baseball together. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of perfect timing to have you on the podcast, Chad, because you covered the Yankees for how many years? Seven. Seven years. You know Cashman pretty well, and the Yankees are yeah. kind of one of the stories of baseball right now, too. So we'll get into the Red Sox, but first, I definitely want to ask you your opinion of the Yankees because I didn't think they'd end up selling. They just, like, when you spend $35 million a year on Garrett Cole and he's having the kind of season he's having, yeah. it's hard to just give up, right? But have you has anything that they've done surprised you? Oh, I mean... I think more maybe in the off season. I didn't, I, I really didn't think that he would, you know, like uh, sticking with Glaber as your shortstop, right? Like I thought they, I thought, I felt like they clearly liked him at second. And like, so you, it's more sort of some of the off season things he did, taking a chance on Corey Kluber, taking the chance on Tyone. Like I just thought this, that they would have felt enough going into this season, like we're, uh, nothing to chance, right? Like let's make, we, we went and got Garrett Cole before. Now it's time to like get that next big piece. And then you go. So I, I was a little bit surprised that just that he left it sort of vulnerable, right? I mean, the, the the New York Yankees should not get have Aaron Hicks get hurt and have no other option in center field, right? Like, how did that happen? How 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 were you that you know ill prepared for that? Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's more what surprised me. Since then, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, we you know you kind of look at what the market's doing. It's you know, I mean, the Joey Gallo trade right now is you know, one of the biggest. So I'm, I'm not surprised he's been aggressive 
in that sense, I mean, relatively aggressive, I guess, you know, he wasn't making moves as early as I guess he could have, but, um, but no, I, and, and also, you know, we, you talk about now the wild card game, right? Like it's just one game roll of the dice, but if you're the team with Garrett Cole, you're a little more open to that. Right. That's a good so point. If, if, I think, I think if Cashman Cashman can feel like if I can just get that wild card, his chances that after that are not terrible, right? Like he probably will take his chances in that one game. Um, now then you got to go into a, you know, the division series only using Cole probably once, right. but still his chances in a one game playoff probably feel a lot better than any other team. Yeah. And it seems like their whole, you know, you talk about, you were surprised they didn't do it in the off season. And it, it seems like their whole thing this year is they really want to be under the luxury tax, right? I mean, they're getting mm-hmm. the Rangers to pay all of Gallo's salary and now, you know, they traded Justin Wilson again uh, yeah. <laughs> to make sure that they yeah. can stay under the, the threshold. So it's like maybe they're setting themselves up to go big in the offseason. But I, I I just looked at this team and I thought the way they played the Red Sox the last couple of weeks, you know, people are saying Aaron Boone should be fired. It's like this is not a team that's given up. This is a team that's still playing pretty hard. I mean, they don't have a lot of talent on the field right now. But to me, yeah, I, I don't think Aaron Boone should be fired. No, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, look at the lineup that he just had to use in that Red Sox series. You know, I mean, it was uh, I mean, it was the first time in a very long time that the Red Sox played the Yankees. And I actually had to look up a player on the Yankees yeah. roster to be like, wait, who is this? Who is this guy at catcher? And, um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, they've sort of run into a mess. And I mean, some, you know, they had some COVID issues and and obviously there are some health issues there and some of which was maybe uh mildly predictable some of which you kind of don't see coming but um yeah i don't know i'm i i also haven't followed him day to day enough to have a good sense of how boone's manage some of these issues so so maybe there's more cause for that than just that they're underperforming expectation right exactly Um, and it seems like cashman's getting a lot of heat too and it's just unusual for i don't know in your time covering the yankees i can't imagine cashman got a lot of heat because that that was a time where he was like you know everything he did was great right where it's to me it's unusual to see him getting heat yeah certainly to get this much heat there there was always i think cashman's good in that he uh he's good at explaining why why he does things so i think even a lot of times with cash even when stuff doesn't work you know the general sense is often like well but you can still see why he did Mm -hmm. what he did and and it's just that didn't work out very well and he'd been around long enough um but yeah, so I don't know. I, it's, I, I guess it's, I'm, I'm surprised. I don't remember the time I was there. And I was there when they, they had that trade deadline, when they traded away Beltron, traded away Chapman, tra- you know, when they finally just, when they actually sold at the deadline. And I don't recall any talk of, like, that Cashman's job was on the line. Right. And, they were in a, <laughs> and they were bad enough to sell. Um, so, yeah, this is, a, this is a little bit different. And also you wonder about just fatigue, right? Like, Cashman's been there forever. And there may be some sense of like, all right, maybe we kind of want something. Just they just want something new, right? Right. Just have something new. Exactly. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they mess up the AL East at all. I still, you know, probably not. I mean, maybe if they get guys back from injuries and Severino comes back and makes an impact, maybe. Um, yeah. But like you said, they're probably playing for the wild card game, and this is between the Red Sox and the Rays. The Rays already go out and get Nelson Cruz, and and seems like they're in on some starting pitching now. Maybe they don't have a lot of faith that Glasnow is going to come back. Uh, I don't know. I look at this division and I still think it's the Red Sox to lose, but every other contending team 
in baseball or in the American League, as of recording this, has already made a substantial move. The Red Sox haven't. Yeah. Um, I was just rereading your interview with Haim Bloom that you did last week, which is great. You can find that on the Athletic. Uh, and my big takeaway is he still seems kind of future focused, doesn't he? Yeah, and and I and I'm curious to see. I mean, I think it's fascinating to see what he's going to do this deadline because, I mean, you know, it's been sort of it's kind of established now. I mean, he knows he's got sort of this 40 man crunch coming, so there are a bunch of secondary prospects that I think he would very willingly trade. But that's not going to get you the huge star player. So you know, maybe we see a rental happen in that way. But I think Heim's always thinking about you know, can I get. Jose Barrios or something, you know, is there a, is there a piece I can get that helps me pass this year? Cause even, you know, even if we look at his off season, you know, the, he made all, I mean, what is Marwin Gonzalez? The only guy that he got strictly on a one year deal. I mean, <laughs> everybody else well, has something. Renfro's, well, Renfro's arbitration. Still got arbitration. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like everything he gets is like, there's a little bit of future to it. Just yeah. so even if it's just a one year of future that he's in control of. Um, so I, yeah, I think he's future focused, but I think that that's I don't think that that necessarily means he can't do something that helps right now. Yeah. You know, and I think it was was it you pointed out that, that three of their starting pitchers are not necessarily coming back next year. So, I mean, you know, can you get a starter who helps solve some of that short term problem? You know, it's a I mean, that's going to be an issue this offseason. Exactly. Maybe you just address it now. Exactly. And so there are a lot of guys out there like Berrios and and. uh Kyle Gibson has a, another year on his contract. Kyle Hendricks has a lot of years left. You know, um, I think Marquez and the, the Rockies still has a few years left. Mm-hmm. There, there are guys out there with control. It's just you look around and, you know, the rentals aren't going to cost much. Um, but the guys with control are. Like even Gallo, I mean, the Yankees right. had to give up their sixth and eighth best prospects. Like is Haim actually going to give up his sixth and eighth best prospects? And by the way, you know, the Red Sox still rank 24th in farm system rankings by Baseball America. It's not like their sixth and eighth is the Yankees sixth and eighth. So maybe they have right. to go up even higher. I just, to me, I have a hard time seeing Haim do that. I think what you said makes more sense of of the 40-man crunch, maybe you know trying to get something for Michael Chavis or, or a guy in the 40-man that they don't really need. But is that going to bring back a starter with control? Probably not. So where do they end up going here? Like if you had to guess, what do you think they're going to do? Let's take a quick commercial break. I'm going to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. I just had a Built Bar today. And I love these things. It's just, it's unlike any other protein bar that you'll have. It tastes like none of them. I usually go to the grocery store. I go to the protein bar aisle because I'm lazy. And sometimes you just need a quick snack that's not going to kill you and uh, sugar or carbs. And hopefully you get a protein bar that just gives you what you need. And I've never had one like this. Usually you can take taste the protein. It's like a little bit crumbly. Uh, maybe, you know, falls apart. It's just kind of weird. I don't taste that in the Built Bar. It's, it's weird. It's not like normal bars. It almost tastes to me like a chewy Tootsie Roll, uh, but it has no sugar. I mean, it only has four or five grams of sugar, which look at any of the other protein bars, you're going to get way more than that. So you get your 17, 18 grams of protein. It's only four or five grams of sugar. It's only four or five grams of carbs and only 130 calories. You really can't go wrong. Uh, The one I had today was cookies and cream. Good flavor. There's a lot of great flavors. And if you haven't tried any of them, you can get the mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. That's what I recommend. Try them out. See which ones you like. If you order it today, you can get 15% off with the locked on promo code. So if you go to built.com, you use the promo code locked on, get 15% off your order. I I, I mean, I I go back and forth on it all the time thinking, 
the obvious easy move is to just do a couple of those sort of second tier guys who are rule five eligible and try to get someone. But, but I do think that, that, that there's an element of Heim that's always, you know, like how, how important does he see next year's rotation? You know, so maybe that's a huge priority mm. for him and he is willing to give up something big to get a Barrios or someone else who can help you, you know, beyond this season. I mean, that, you know, I, I, I don't know that, I mean, we haven't seen exactly. him in this place. So it, it really is. It, it's interesting to see. I don't think we have a great feel for how, how he's looking to do it. And he has added enough of these, pieces these you know like kind of whatever if you want to call it like guys between 12 and 30 that he now has a lot of those guys yeah. who are all kind of similar-ish mm-hmm. in value and uh and, and teams are now sort of making trades for these guys who are like in rookie ball the sort of lottery ticket guys yeah. that used to never bring back anything and now that's what gets traded yeah um and and so i wonder if there's if there is a more openness to do that uh, because he he might be looking and and you know really feeling like okay hey look this team is clearly better than people thought it was right now and I, they can be even better in 2022 maybe that you know that may be a bigger priority than than we're thinking right but we but it may not be <laughs> I mean it just it's interesting we just don't I don't think we have a full sense of where he's going and you're not seeing it anywhere you know what I mean it's not only like you and I are sitting here talking about God it's kind of hard to predict. I mean, we're not, there's none of the national guy. Nobody is the, the guys who are like constantly in touch with every other team. Even those guys feel like that clearly that they don't know exactly what direction yeah. the, the, the Red Sox are going to go. I, I think the only report I saw that actually said the Red Sox were in on somebody was Jason Stark said they had reached out about Max Scherzer. And mm-hmm. I think that was, but I, but I also, think yeah. my, my guess is that that could be an accurate statement on every exactly. single player out there. Exactly. I don't think that there is, a rock that Heim is not going to turn over and just check. Right. You know, I mean, he's, he's got to find out how much that is. So, and so maybe, maybe he's either waiting on one of the big fish, which there are a few in this market. I mean, mm-hmm. Max Scherzer, Trey Turner. I mean, there's some big names that might get moved. Maybe not, but they're certainly being floated. Uh, so he's either waiting on like one of the big fish and seeing what happens there before he makes any moves. Or maybe it's like you said, He's just going to pick up the pieces that are still left with his 12th and 25th best prospect because he doesn't want right. to give anybody up. I, I Every time I look at the prospect list, I'm like, okay, well, you know, Duran got called up. They're not going to trade him. He helps them now. Hauk got called up. He helps them now. You know, like who's left that you'd actually trade? I don't know. Jeter Downs strikes me as somebody who's not doing well in the minors. They already moved him back to shortstop. Mm-hmm. They don't really see him as a second baseman anymore. Like maybe he's a guy that they can – they can let go of and do something. But my biggest fear is that Hyam is just another Ben Sherrington who just hoards prospects and doesn't know when to yeah. get rid of them. Yeah. And, and I mean, that may be, but again, like we haven't seen it right. play out one that I think, would you trade Dahlbeck right now? Of course. Yeah. yeah. So I, I yeah. think, I think that's maybe a decent chip. I mean, yeah. you know, a team that's going to see like, Hey, look, there's still quite a lot of potential there, but if the Red Sox feel like that's not their solution right now and you can get, a first baseman for him. I think that's a chip that's pretty valuable. I think, uh, you know, I don't think they want to trade Gilberto Jimenez, but I mean, you, you could, yeah. right? I mean, he's got to go on the 40 man this winter. You, obviously you're kind of thinking Duran's the guy. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think there are guys there who they could trade. I don't think they're going to trade Duran or Cassis or any right. of those guys, but, but yeah, I, I, 
again, it's just it's trying to it's just hard to tell where the priority is in terms of, you know, what do you need, not just this year, but in the next, say, two years. Right. Right. And, and those those priorities might be bigger than we're realizing. Right. So, all right. You've watched this team a lot this year, obviously, um, as have I. W- what strikes you as the biggest need? Because I remember two weeks ago we were standing on the field and say, you know what? Dahlbeck can probably get the job done. And mm-hmm. now you're looking at it, it's like, man, every time the first base spot comes up, it's, you know, 35% strikeout rate for the Red Sox at first base. They're not making contact. They're not even moving runners over. And now this is a lineup that's like, hey, we're seeing what happens when they just move runners over, put the ball in play, get a bloop single, yeah. get a sack fly. To me, it almost seems like first base is a priority over pitching right now. But, I, like, do you, what's in your mind? What do they need most? I still... I, I still think I would probably prioritize an arm of some sort just because that also feels so vulnerable. Right. And I, and it feels to me at least at first base right now, you know, it's your number nine hitter. And it's, if it's a combination of Franchi and Dahlbeck, like, I mean, it's kind of still helping you solve sort of both goals. You know, it's in the short term, at least it's a guy who you could see getting hot for a month and, and hitting a bunch of home runs and you find out a little bit more about what you have. So I don't know that you have to just, trip all over yourself to make that move and upgrade it. I, I do think, I mean, it's very upgradable mm-hmm. and, and, and I think they should be able to do that. But, but yeah, I, I just think you always, to me, you just worry more about pitching. I mean, you know, it, sale looks awesome, but he's still a guy coming off TJ mm-hmm. and, and, and you don't know what, I mean, I don't know what Garrett Richards is on any given night. Um, you know, I think Pavetta and Perez still, you know, would be a little bit, worrisome right we still don't know for sure if if you know i'm team mizzou all the way but i don't think you know if tanner how can go is going to go seven innings every night you know right. i just still think there's there's room to get to to do that and you'd feel a lot better um but yeah i mean there, there's certainly opportunity to upgrade at first and and but also i would say when you and i were having that conversation about first base it it's kind of like every time they play really well and they get on this little you know when they were you know, coming back against the Yankees and then they have that game. It's, it's just, then it starts to all feel like, you know what, man, I mean, this team's real. They <laughs> so maybe they, maybe it's not just enough to go, well, you know, yeah, first base is kind of a weakness right now, but we can kind of see what's there. It, you know, the more realistic it starts to feel, the more that feels like, okay, well, maybe we do need to, maybe they need to do this and, and just go ahead and address that hole rather than saying, Hey, you know, for where we are organizationally and in terms of our long-term priorities, it's okay to kind of have one position that's a little bit uncertain. You know, maybe if that's, a, maybe if a, a, at least a pennant is well within reach, you know, maybe that's that's more important to go ahead and address it now because um, it just starts to feel a little more real every time they have one of these good series and, and have those sort of moments when they sh- well, they do look gritty and they do look like they have some, uh, there's something to them, right. right? There's something about the team that feels like, all right, you know, put them in a series. And I, I think they could do something interesting. Exactly. And and that's a good place to bring you to the final thing I wanted to ask you about, which you asked Hiam about, um, which is kind of like, you know, do you worry about perception with the fan base? Because they lost them last year. And mm-hmm. it, it, obviously, it was a pandemic. It, there were some other things going on. Core wasn't there, but they lost them. I mean, ratings were terrible. Nobody cared. And coming into this season, I thought they might lose them. And they have exactly the team that they needed to win them back. The team that's kind yeah. of underrated, that wasn't expected of 
to do much that is winning all of these close games and 33 come from behind wins and probably still aren't one of the top three talented teams in the American League but just win anyways so yeah. what do they owe you know do they owe it to their fan base and do they owe it to their manager to put their chips on the table right now and 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 kind of maybe not go all in but but go heavy in um maybe I'm, i always think about you know i like the, the west wing a lot and there's this quote in there where they're they're having this debate and one of the guys just starts screaming they'll like us when we win yeah <laughs> and i think and i do think that i don't think heim cares that much about whether there's a perception that he's trying to win and but and i think he knows he has cora on board and and cora has such a great feel for the clubhouse that if there is some sense of disappointment, he'll be able to smooth that over. And that, you know, to some extent, you could even say this year shows that the plan is kind of working. I mean, that this is what they'd said all along, right? They, they, they Their contention from the beginning of heading into spring training was, yes, we're a flawed team. We know why we're not like a favorite to win. But they kept saying, we think that this team, there's enough talent here that it can work. And we're going to, and we could, and that's, that's proven to be true, right? They, they, and so I think to some extent, Hein maybe also has has won some benefit of the doubt where he can lay back a little bit and go, you know, that maybe he doesn't have to make the big splashy move because this year has maybe been a proof of concept that, that he gets a little bit of benefit of the doubt now that he most certainly did not have six months ago. Right. Well, always good to talk baseball with you, Chad. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Anytime. You can find Chad's work in the Athletic, or you can find him on Twitter at Chad Jennings twenty two. Thanks again. Well, I look forward to when they do something in the next five minutes, and we have to re-record this whole thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So that was a great interview with Chad Jennings, uh, and you know we didn't get to talk about the latest things that happened, but Lauren and I have a segment coming up that I think will be pretty interesting. So stick around for that. First, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is going. The trade deadline is hot right now. Teams are are getting some new players in, so there's a lot to bet on. If you're into the betting, check it out at Bet Online. They even have news on that website so if you're trying to catch the latest news you could read my work at the boston herald or lauren's work on nesson.com or go to bet online and find some news there they have uh betting odds for all of your sports not just baseball you can bet on anything over there Uh, a lot of summer sports going on golf some soccer so you can check that out and there's a big sign up bonus if you use the promo code locked on you'll get your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit so go to bet online your online sportsbook experts and use the promo code locked on for 50 percent off your first deposit welcome back to the locked on red sox po- podcast i'm back with my co-host lauren campbell we just watched the red sox get smoked by the blue jays 13 to 1 at fenway park it was an uneventful day for the red sox with one day to go before the trade deadline uh, after listening to Chad Jennings talk about uh, his trade deadline thoughts, there has been one other move since then that we'll get to. But Lauren, first, we're going to get to our unpopular opinions, and and Lauren's got one off the game tonight. I do, and it has nothing to do with the bullpen. But I do not think the Red Sox should sign Erod to an extension. And wow, <laughs> he's so in the beginning of the season, he was making a case to for a hefty one. You know, he was really he looked really strong. And it was just like, maybe this is, you know, he's put COVID and myocarditis behind him. And 
lately he's just really struggled. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not going to talk about the migraine game. There's nothing you can do about that. But even when you take that out, he's just not looked good lately. He, he's just struggled. He only went three and a third innings Thursday night. And it's becoming, you know, do the Red Sox want to extend this guy? And it's becoming, for me, the answer is no. And I don't like saying that. I like Erod. I mean, he's been fine since the time he's been here. And he did win 19 games in 2019. But I don't know if it's, you know, any lasting effects from myocarditis. I don't know if he's just not in it this year, if there's other things going on, if he's in his head about this being a contract year. I don't know. But I am very frustrated with Erod when he's supposed to be not the ace of the staff, but, you know, a number one, two guy while Chris Sale is out. And he just hasn't been that lately. Yeah, it's so hard to tell if it's mental, if it's physical. Is he just tired? You know, is it that he missed the whole season? Is is it the sticky stuff? Is it, you know, uh, you, you don't you wouldn't think it's the sticky stuff with him because he's a guy who relies on fastball changeup, which, you know, you see pitchers adding a changeup now because they can't throw their curveballs anymore. So you wouldn't think it's that with him. Maybe it's just a matter of his body being overused, but I think the Red Sox will end up signing him. If anything, this is just going to make him cheaper uh, because he seems to me like a guy who wants to stay here long term, but that's a good take. I try I try to have good takes on this pod. Someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my unpopular opinion has to do with the trades today. So, you know, if you're listening to this on Friday morning, probably haven't been any more trades, hopefully. I mean, there are trades just endlessly... Uh, coming in around this time of year. But the one that we didn't get a chance to, dis- to discuss with Chad is the Yankees have since also added Anthony Rizzo. So we talked about the Joey Gallo edition. Now they also have Anthony Rizzo on their team. And we're looking at what the Yankees are doing, and they're winning games right now. I mean, they got blown out on Thursday by the Rays, 14 nothing. But they had a- that was actually a-, a chance to sweep the Rays. They had been beating up on the Rays a little bit. We know how well they've played against the Red Sox. And you look at the lineup, and it's like there's nobody in there playing well right now. Aaron Judge just came back. Stanton's been pretty much mediocre all season. You know, Rugnet Ordor is still hitting third. So this is not a great team, and they're still winning games. They're five games above 500. And now you add Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo to this Yankees team. And I'm looking at it on paper. They've got Clint Frazier coming back soon. Luis Severino just started a rehab assignment. Uh, and Luke Voigt is coming back soon. Corey Kluber might come back. My unpopular opinion, Lauren, is that on paper, the Yankees are better than the Red Sox. Oh, baby. That is spicy. I think on paper, when you look at the guys they have coming back, you know, Red Sox obviously have Chris Sale coming back. But I think the Yankees are at least as good, if not better now, with Rizzo and Gallo. Because if you look at the numbers, they are two of the best teams in baseball at hitting against left-handed pitching. Where the Red Sox have been better against them is actually hitting right-handed pitching. Well, they just added two of the best left-handed hitters to hit right-handed pitching, Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. Uh, They are going to be tremendous at Yankee Stadium where lefties just feast on that short right field porch. The Yankees actually have an ERA .3 runs lower than the Red Sox this year, so their pitching has been better. I'm a little bit scared that the Yankees are going to rough up this division. When you say rough up now, do you mean that they're going to come for, you know, the second... Second seed, first seed, wild card. No, I think they can make a run at it. You know, wow. Especially the the Red Sox have how many games with the Rays left? I'm counting three this weekend. They've got four more in August, September, and then three more in September. They've got a you know the, the three more. Actually, oh my God, they play the Rays another twelve times. 
So there's still a lot to be shaken out in this division, and I could see I could see it really the division just going back and forth between you know the Yankees kind of being annoying and the Rays doing well, and the Blue Jays even possibly being annoying as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting take because the Yankees obviously got better. You you obviously get better when you add names like Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo to your lineup, but. I, you know, you make an interesting point because the Red Sox only have Chris Sale coming back. I mean, they have Saramora, but they don't have, as of Thursday at 10.54 p.m. while we're recording, it, you, they don't have those a big name coming back into the lineup. I mean, they're, Bobby Dubek continues to struggle. Michael Chavis is all over the place. They had Vasquez at third on Thursday. And it's just kind of a mess. And the Red Sox do need to make a move. I, I, I'm sure they will. I, I don't have any concern that they won't make a move. It's just... Now, like you said, the Yankees did be- become better, a little bit scarier. But I think I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Still, I think they're still not bottom of the of the division. But I, I don't think they have, they're going anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah, I just get nervous by teams when they go big at the trade deadline. You get some guys that have been there before. You know, Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, a couple of playoff veterans who've been in the playoffs. Uh, you get a little bit nervous. But all right, we'll move on. We'll always end the show on a positive note. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, so, um, you know, just not a lot to take from Thursday's game, but a fun fact appeared when Bobby Dahlbeck appeared at shortstop, and he became the tallest Red Sox player to ever appear at shortstop at six foot four, I believe it is. So that, that was kind of the only thing, the only positive thing about the game, minus Hunter, Hunter Renfro's catch, but Bobby Dahlbeck, tallest shortstop in Red Sox history, so some history was made Thursday night. Gosh, how weird was it to see him at shortstop? It was very... I looked up really quick, and I was like, wait a second. That's Bobby Dahlbeck at shortstop. Uh-oh. And do you, do you feel like... Are you kind of over Dahlbeck now? Or, or, like, if they trade him, would you be sad? No, I don't... No, no, I wouldn't be sad. It, it would stink because I did have high hopes for him, and, made, you know, it, everyone's going to struggle at some point in their career, and he's still young, and he does have potential. But, listen, if he's going to bring you in a big name, you get rid of him, and you get rid of him fast. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I, I'd pretty much trade him for anything at this point. Um, speaking of trading, my positive note that I'm going to end on is a lot of guys have gotten moved so far, and there haven't been a ton of big-name prospects getting moved. That To me, the, the prospect capital has not been what you would think, and that's a positive thing for the Red Sox, who haven't made any moves as of recording this. Still a lot of guys out on the market. The Red Sox remain one of the bottom third teams in farm system rankings you know they already called up two of their better prospects this year duran and Houck. they don't have a ton down in the minors but what they do have is a lot of kind of fringe guys and we're seeing a lot of those trades i mean there's been you know prospect packages where six guys get moved and none of them are really top guys uh but there's six of them you know that's a perfect kind of trade for the red sox just get rid of these guys at the bottom of their prospect sheets who yeah they might end up being okay uh but they don't have a whole lot of big names where it actually hurt them so much to trade a guy like Tristan Cassis or, uh, you know, one of their top guys. So, you know, I'm looking even at the Rizzo trade. Um, the best – the Cubs got two prospects for him. The best one they got is Alexander Viscaino, who now becomes the sixth, sixth best prospect on the Cubs. You know, that's okay. If the Red Sox had to give up their sixth best prospect to really upgrade at first base, who is that, Connor Siebold, I guess, I, I think I would be happy with that. Um, so I'm going to leave that as my positive note that 
it hasn't looked like the prospect capital has been huge. And if the Red Sox are going to make some trades, they might be able to do it to get better without giving up too much. So we have some breaking news as we record that um, Jesse Rogers of ESPN is reporting the Red Sox have acquired acquired Kyle Schwarber. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So as we recording, you're saying, oh, yeah, they haven't made a move. They have made a move. They have made a move, folks. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. Do we just start over? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, it looks like he deleted the tweet. This is all breaking news. Like, as Stop we are, it. I'm serious. <laughs> oh, uh, dear. Robert Murray also tweeted it. Oh, right. And Bob Nightingale, too, but he is cursed. So. Holy cow. So we don't know what's going on. Kyle Schwarber. This is interesting because Schwarber is more of a left fielder. And uh, I don't think he's played any first base. I don't think so either. So this is really interesting because I feel like the outfield is fine. Like, I just feel like there's no need to bring in an outfielder. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I've talked about I feel like they could benefit from platooning Verdugo and Renfro. Uh, Schwarber has never started a game at first base. He has played left field, and that's it. And he, he's, I mean, he could be a DH. He hasn't, he hasn't caught since 2015 is the last time he started a game at catcher. Uh, so what are you going to play him in left field? Then you move Verdugo over. Unless they're going to trade Jaron Duran in like a bigger deal. I don't know. This is the. This is a. This is a lot. <laughs> Who knows what's going to wow. happen? Wow. Okay, so Kyle Schwarber this year, two fifty three average, nine ten OPS, twenty five homers. Um. He's been hurt lately. Typically one of the elite hitters in the game. You know, had had some tremendous years in Chicago. Uh, signed as a free agent with the Nationals before this season. Really not a bad contract. $7 million this year, an $11.5 million option for next year. He's 28 years old. He hits left-handed, which is exactly what the Red Sox need. Maybe they think he can play first base. Or they have someone on their team they think can play first base. Maybe there's Maybe. another move coming. Or there's another move coming. And that's that's definitely the sense you would get from this. Because right now, if you're the Red Sox, you have Kyle Schwarber in left field. You, that means Verdugo's moving over. Either you're platooning Verdugo with Renfro, which is perfectly fine. You know, I've said many times Renfro doesn't need to be playing against right-handed pitchers. And Verdugo doesn't need to be playing against left-handed pitchers this year. He's been awful against them. So you can do that, and that makes you better. But you still haven't done anything at first base. I mean, I, uh, I, this is uh, I don't know. I, I'm just, I am shocked just because I think Schwarber was the last person I was thinking that would come to Boston. And now I'm playing, like, musical chairs in my head with everyone. And we still don't know who, who is going to Washington from boston we don't so that's what's keeping me like on the edge of my seat like is it prospects is it uh is there a player is it a chavis and some a prospect like what gets you schwarber i don't know and it doesn't seem like anybody else knows right now you know you would think probably around the same level of what the yankees paid for rizzo and it looks like just this just came through too that the return is right-handed pitcher aldo ramirez this could be a steal for the Red Sox here. It could. It... All happening live on the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. This is the first. 
He's ranked the 19th best prospect by MLB.com in the Red Sox system. All right. Is that it? Is that all it took to get Kyle Schwarber? I I feel like this is this is like the tip of the iceberg. I feel like there's more coming. I just wow. Well, this could be a steal. I think all you're gonna have to do uh, if you're listening to this show is is come back later today when we have our emergency trade deadline recap podcast that we will post this evening after the trade deadline is done. Um, right now, my instant reaction is if they just got Kyle Schwarber for their 19th best prospect, a guy who I admittedly haven't heard of, and I have covered this team for 11 years, <laughs> and I've never heard of this guy, uh, their 19th best prospect, I would say that is a heck of a pickup for the Red Sox, and they just got a whole lot better. They did. So it's, uh, I know that he's in the uh, on the IL right now, but he's close to returning. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. The Red Sox got their bat. But I still am very confused by the overall trade. So we'll see. So he is 20 years old, Aldo Ramirez. Uh, he grades out as about a 50 on the 20 to 80 scouting scale. Was signed as a 17-year-old out of Mexico for $550,000 in 2018. Uh, he tops out at 96 miles an hour. Has a good changeup. And his curveball is a solid third offering. So maybe he ends up being more of a reliever um, with a fastball and a good changeup. So pretty good. If that's all the Red Sox gave up, I'd say, you know, we're going to we're gonna give him an early win on this trade. Um, Kyle Schwarber still a few weeks away from returning from the injured list, has never played first base before. Uh, maybe he ends up being the first baseman, either that or there's another trade here. But um, I think that's a good way for us to end and break off, and we'll we'll be back Later today with our trade deadline recap. So big thanks to The Athletic's Chad Jennings to talk trade stuff with us. Um, you could follow us on Twitter, uh, read my work in the Boston Herald, or follow me at jmastrodonato. And you can read all my stuff, including everything from Thursday's Madness on Nesson.com and find me on Twitter at la 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 lauren, three laws, lauren with four r's. And also do not forget to follow the Locked on Red Sox Twitter at lo underscore Red Sox. And uh, we will see you soon. Have a great day. This episode was brought to you by the Locked On YouTube channel later today. They will be ha- hosting a uh, MLB trade deadline special for two hours starting at 3 p.m. If you go to the Locked On MLB YouTube page, you'll see uh, a lot of our local experts breaking down the trade deadline in real time. Check it out and make sure to check back this podcast later today. Have a good one.